I want to walk with him. We walk together in the ministry. And uh, I was thinking about him long while. I need to get Victor here. But uh, this is a good time to get, have him here. I want to, can you guys please stand up and thank you. Would you come up here? Thank you. So we're still grateful to have you here. Thank you. And uh, it's so good that you're standing with that man. Thank you so much. God bless. And you got it. Yes, you got it. Thank you. Hey, Amy, can you you help me? Amen. I'm honored to serve such qualities, Bishop and Pastor Angela and Bishop, good luck. Would you stretch your hands to them? Father, we bless our fathers and our mothers. We bless them, God, with your blessings. With your father, thank you, your father to the fatherless. You've made them fathers over many. And right now, Lord, we just speak a blessing over our pastor and his wife. May your goodness shine forth. May your healing pour out of heaven, way maker, promise keeper, miracle worker for them in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. This is my wife, Anna. She's from Norway. I was born in the Amazon. Can you see what a miracle it is when God puts people together? Amen. Help me. Rodney, right? Tiffany, Todd, stand up. God brought you. You left friends and and your comfortability. Tiffany, you were formed with a lot of pain in your upbringing. God. He's healing you, has healed you, and has called you to be a mother to so many young people. You too, Rodney, a father. So may the uh, spirit of sonship by the Father this morning be upon you. And serve these people well and serve this pastor as a son. Amen. I speak blessings upon you. Tiffany, grab a hold of, you know, you've, 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 you've uh, accomplished things that you never thought you would accomplish. You've taken care of people, aren't you? Also, yeah, or have been. So we just speak a blessing over you. Just uh, right now, stretch your hands to them. Father, thank you for what you do in our midst, that you fill the gap. And that you put into his hands, Lord, make him prosper, make him a son to you and to the bishop here and to these people, Lord. He served, let them serve with gladness. Amen. Say amen. amen. Teresa. Teresa. The other Teresa. Oh, there she is. 
I just lift off all condemnation of man off of you. For the Lord lifts you up and carries you. You know not how much he carries you. He carries you. And he's your husband. Can you say amen? Amen. Ezekiel, you're a prophet. Don't freak out. You were named well. Give some time to God's word. Take it seriously. For the Lord has much in store for you. Say amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Can y'all be able to come back here real quick? I'll need you. All right. Well, give the Lord a hand. I was worried about getting... Thank you. Thank you, Bishop. Do you, do you need this? Well, he's a bishop. He's a father to the fathers. Amen. Well, I was worried about getting all disreveled and, and, and uh, sweaty, but it's too late. I got ravished by the worship. Amen. I'm totally ra- I don't even care anymore. Can you say Amen. In Proverbs, it says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Thoughts are spiritual containers. What controls the mind controls the man. What you behold, you conform to. What you look upon, you want. Once there was a man who thought he was a chicken. That's right. He thought he was a chicken. He dressed like a chicken. He walked like a chicken. He did the things of a chicken. As you can guess, this made his wife really upset. Who wants to be married to a chicken? She went to the pastor. Pastor, my husband thinks he's a chicken. The pastor was really put off by this. Well, Miss Sister Betty, look that man in the eye and tell him he's not a chicken. I can't do that, Pastor. Well, why can't you do that? Because, Pastor, I need the eggs. As a man thinketh, so is he. In James chapter 4, verse 8, you have the greatest invitation you will ever get. By the creator of the universe has invited you to draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. What does nearness mean? How do I draw near to God? Is it about the amount of time, the quantity Or is it the quality of the interaction? I've had young people in Bible school come and brag about how many chapters they read. And I asked them, well, what did God say to you through all those chapters today? They don't know. I'm more impressed with somebody who will read a couple verses and muse and meditate on it all day long. It's about the quality of the interaction. 
rather than the quantity. Can I have an amen? I visited Tokyo. If you've ever been to Tokyo, you're a giant there. But there's a problem. You got to get on the subway. On this subway, they jam them in like sardines in a can. Now, I like people, but all these people are about this tall, and they cram me in there, and I had little people all between my legs, under my arms, everywhere they should not be. So I began to be a little agitated. I'm there to lead people to Christ, but that was the last thing on my mind because they were invading my space. And I thought to myself, I've never been by or near so many people in my life. And then I thought again. I felt the Lord quicken me and says, but I'm not really near anybody. Because nearness implies intimacy. Now, when I say intimacy, some of you draw back. For the young people, they think that's sex. But it's not. Intimacy is to be one or the same, or to be to to uh, be joined to, or connected, to have within one's bosom, or to be penetrated, or to be one and the same. Our third daughter, Stephanie. I watched her die in front of my eyes, and then I watched her die five more times in the hospital with the doctors working on that little body. Every time she died, she didn't just, her heart didn't just stop beating. Her, her eyes fixed and her tongue came out of her mouth and she left her body. And I would not, like Elijah with a powerful man of God, but like a father in desperation would cry out, Stephanie, come back to your body in Jesus' name. Now, they were pushing, at the hospital, they were pushing me out. But they noticed that every time I called her, when they would work on her, nothing. But when I would call her back to her body, just crying, weeping before the Lord, she would come back. And on the seventh time, or she had died six times, she stayed. Now, I want you to know that after this was all over, we're sitting in the hospital and And uh, I'm so overjoyed as her father that she's not dead but alive. Amen. So I want to hold her and kiss her and hug her. And after a while, she got tired of it. And she would say, Daddy, please. Here, have a cookie. I didn't want her cookie. I wanted her. God don't want your gifts and your talents. He wants you. He wants you. What God asks of you is not some splitted gift or some great thing or sacrifice, but He wants to be a sharer in your life. He wants you to share His life, to be one and the same. Did you know in in the original language that the word spirit was not big S or little s? It was meant to be one. Your spirit is meant to be one with God. It's created for God. Can you say amen? And so he says, draw near, near, draw near, proskume, to lower oneself, to come to your knees, to approach lowly, amen.
to, to prostrate oneself. You know, in America, we have a hard time really worshiping God because we don't want to get messed up. I got so sweaty this morning, I started shedding clothes, amen? So, you know, when we get into the presence of God, he just, he ravishes us. You ever been in, in, and found somebody who'd, who'd been kissing? And uh, you can tell because their lipstick's up this way and their hair's this way, and they're like, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry for intruding, amen? I remember when my father had surgery, and uh, I don't know, they were married at this time about 40, 50 years, maybe a 1,000 years. They've been married forever, amen? And I remember my mother coming in there and all us kids gathered around and she put her hand after he came out of surgery and looked into his eyes and it embarrassed all of us. We all looked away because of the intimacy between the two embarrassed us. You know, God wants you to draw near to him. Come on, somebody. Yeah. It's been the cry of God's heart from the beginning. When Adam sinned, his first words where are, is, where are you? Can you hear him saying this? He's saying, why are you hiding from me? He's hurt. He's jealous. Intimacy is jealous. It says in verse 5, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously for you. Did you know that? Adam's great-great-grandson, Enoch, walked with God so intimately that God couldn't stand it, and one day just took him up. Amen. Wouldn't that be great? We'd just be walking around Walmart one day, and all of a sudden, we're in heaven. Amen? Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> and the children of Israel, man, they missed the point. They thought their deliverance out of Egypt was for a promised land. But God wanted intimacy. He said to them, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Brought you to myself. What was their response? You, brought, you didn't bring us into a, a land of milk and honey. You, and nor has given us an inheritance of fields and vineyards. They're on what instead of on who? It's the spirit of the prodigal. And it's in the church today. We want our promises right now. We don't want to respect our father's seasons. Come on, somebody. I didn't drive a nice car when I was in my 20s. I just drove what I could find. I just get there, you know, amen? Kids today, they got to have the Cadillac their father drives. You need to respect your seasons. You can't afford that, amen? People can't go on the mission field. They owe, they owe too much money. God's not called you to things. He's called you to, to himself. Come on. Spirit of the prodigal. Look at verse 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Intimacy is exclusive. Resistance denies ownership. Subjugation gives ownership over to it. So it's surrender. To submit is surrender, to give up, your, uh, uh, to give up over to, or to, or to fear or respect it, or to come under. So it goes like this. What you submit to grows stronger. What you resist grows weaker. Some of you young men, you need to begin to resist the devil. Resist that urge to look at pornography. Begin to do a work in the spirit. 
You see, some of you think, well, God made me this way. He made me to fail. He didn't. He created you so that you would battle in the spirit over the flesh and that sin should have no dominion over you. It's meant for you to do the battle in the spirit, to look away and not be a man of, of, of first glances. You know, it's not the first glance that gets you. It's the one that you go back and ponder and look again. Look away. I've been ministering to young people, to men, and they're, you know, my heart's for God. I want more of God. And as I'm ministering, a girl will walk by, and he's watching her backside all the way out the door. And I think, you know, here's, here's where the problem is. You need to give all of your heart to Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Do the battle of the Spirit over the flesh. That's the man of God. Come on. Are you, are you with me? You know, there's a scripture in John 15, verse 15, where Jesus says something very strange. He says, I no longer call you servants, but friends. He's talking to his disciples. They've been eating around the fire for three years. They've been going through doing ministry, seeing miracles. And all the time he's considered them servants. And now he says, you're my friends. What's up with that? You know? That's how the kids talk today, right, Pastor Rodney? I said, what's up with that? So after Judas had left to betray Jesus, the Lord addresses the other disciples and says, no longer do I call you servants. Now you are my friends. The fact that he no longer implies there was a time when they were looked upon and treated as mere servants. Why now? Why not at the beginning did he not say you're my friends? Because the answer is that, that, that loyalty must be proven. Intimacy comes through loyalty, and that take, trustworthiness takes time. Loyalty is proven with time. And so they've been through all these trials and fires with him, and at the end, he looks at them and says, now I'll call you friends. Some of you, you know, you wonder why you don't have very many friends because you don't have, you're not set up a standard where you try to be friends with everybody, and that's a very shallow, not everybody can be your friend. Can I, can, can anybody hear me talking? You can't be friends with everybody. You can't have intimacy with everybody. I, I guess I need a snot rag. The brother's right on it. Amen. So it's earned. Why does God hold back his friendships for some of us? Well, I'm going to tell you because to protect us from the dangers of familiarity. Familiarity breeds contempt. Familiarity is an enemy to, in, to intimacy. Look at the sons of, of Aaron, Adab and Abihu. Obviously, their mothers couldn't think of another name. Amen. They were permitted to come into the very presence of God. But on that day, they, they thought they had to help the presence of God out, so they brought profane fire. They needed smoke. They needed some, some extra fire. So the fire on the altar wasn't good enough. And so profane fire entered his holy presence, and they died on the spot. Profane means to treat what is sacred as common. In other words... The presence of God is not about us. 
We think we need to help God's presence out. Whenever you become too familiar with the holy, it's, it results in irreverence. I know what I'm talking about. I'm a preacher's son. When these two died before the Lord, the Lord came to Aaron, and he, was, he wasn't apologetic. I'm sorry, I killed your boys. He said to Aaron, he said very sternly, he said, Aaron, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. Notice the words near me. You can only be intimate with something or someone that you identify with. Identity brings identification. Holiness can only fellowship or be intimate with holiness. He said, yes, Lord. He said, be holy as I'm holy. Look at Romans 12, verse 1. I'm digging through this because I'm, I'm plowing ground. Amen. I was taught by my daddy that when you plow, don't do it halfway. Dig it down deep. Pull up all the stuff. I'm going to pull some stuff. The Holy Spirit's going to pull some stuff up today. Amen. Ah, uh, ha, ha, ha. Well, Romans 12, verse 1, present your bodies. Say bodies. All your body parts. All your members. Your attachments. Your know Everything. Present them what? Holy and pleasing unto God. This is your spiritual act of worship or your reasonable service. It's not unreasonable that God says to you, be holy and present yourselves holy to be. And so the word here, sacrifice, is an offering or giving something that costs you. If your Christianity doesn't cost you something, you don't have Christianity. If your worship doesn't cost you something, you're not worshiping. Did you know that you become what you worship? People who worship pornography become that. People who, who, who lose their identity and, and gender, they become that. People who spend all their time with God, with Jesus, they become like Jesus. Sacrifice, thusia, the cost of great price or death. I remember one time, I had a great church, big church, and the Lord allowed some things to happen while I was gone. And when I came back, it was a mess. And in this time of pain for me, long time, this many years ago when I was in my 20s, there was spoken a word to me in the in the uh, the barn. I had horses, and I know you're gonna think I'm crazy, but I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. I heard somebody calling my name, and so I went to the barn trying to find out who it was. Then I just had to come to the conclusion it was my favorite mayor who always said I preached in the barn. I would practice my sermons in the barn with the horses, and she always gave me an amen. <laughs> So she was my best member. Her name was Amira Paloma. 
But this day I heard Amira, it wasn't Mr. Ed, it was Amira, Paloma, said something, and I thought I was losing my mind. Said this, I caused you to ride on the wind, but I spoiled your success that you may come to the house appointed for all living the house of death. I'm like, um, Paloma? It was a whisper. I looked all around. And I thought about this. It was like a whisper in the wind. And I was, I was thrown to my feet, um, to, my, to, my, to the ground, when someone gave a word a few Sundays later from out of Job. Exact word. I didn't even know it was in the Bible. I caused you to ride on the wind, but I spoiled your success that you may come into the house appointed for all living, the house of death. We must die. You know, you know what? You can't do a whole lot, but you can allow, you can put a stop to some things this morning and let it die. Put an end to it. Renounce it. That's the word we need to use in the church more. Renounce. Say that with me. Renounce. That means reject it. Get away from it. Don't have anything to do with it again. Come on. Well, sometimes we're not aware of God's immediate presence. I, I am convinced that I was in such a place of rejection and pain that God couldn't speak to me, uh, so I heard it audibly. That's the only time I've ever heard God audibly, and I'm going to tell you why, because I wasn't listening. He doesn't want to speak to your flesh. He wants to speak to your spirit, so he's going to speak to you in your spirit. But when you're not listening, you're in such a bad place, sometimes he's got to go into your, kind of like Gideon, come into the natural. It's not a good thing when he has to do that because it means something's wrong with you. You're not listening. I've heard people brag about it. And I says, I wouldn't be bragging about that if I was you. Your spirit wasn't listening. Hello? But sometimes we're not aware of his immediate presence. And, and, and Yuza, the pastor's son, when the ark was making its way back, we're going to David now, in 2 Samuel verse 6, Remember David is rejoicing because the presence of God is coming back to Israel? I don't know how long it was gone, but they've been playing they've been playing church all this time without the ark of ark of the ark of the, his presence. They've been having church without the presence of God. Can you imagine that? And so he's coming back from Odom Eden and the young man is walking beside it and you know in those days they don't have cement roads it's a little bit rocky and so the ark of the covenant there it is begin to rock don't you like it when god's presence begins to rock don't get too excited because sometimes we do things that we don't we shouldn't do like try to help it out and so when he saw it rocking he reached out and he was struck death immediately well this made david really upset God, why would you do this? The lesson was clear. That people are not to become too familiar with the holy. Not to take it for granted. Not to place it on an ox cart or on things that God has not ordained. Don't reach out and touch it. In the flesh. Only by the Spirit of God can you do this. Come on, somebody. A lot of flesh 
trying to work it up for people today. And so he put it upon the backs of the Levites because that's where it's supposed to be carried. The ark, the ark is to be carried by the Levites. It's to be carried by sacrifice. This event is very troubling because we live in a day and time that we have no sense of what is holy and what is profane. We don't know the difference. And we think that when we come to worship God, we'll come to receive. You don't understand. You've come to give yourself, to present yourself to God. It even said in the Old Testament when, when the, the sons of men came to present themselves before the Lord. We come to present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and blameless before the Lord. Are you hearing me? So David's angry with God. God, why would you do this? Filled with fear. But God's word was clear. Put it on the backs of my people. Well, Lord, is he- your presence, the Ark of the Covenant is heavy. That's right. Worship is carried by sacrifice. It's, the kabod is heavy. It's easier to let the cows do it, Pastor. It's easier to get that going, you know, or just do this, or let's do that. The presence of God is heavy. Can you carry it? It's meant to be put upon the backs of the Levites. Those who are called to worship and lead the people. Are you a Levite this morning? What carries the ark? Sacrifice. Oh, somebody. Pride cannot worship God. God opposes you the minute you step into it. I've shocked many people. God's opposed me many times. Most people are like, God's always on my side. Seriously. I've had him oppose me many times. Every time I was prideful. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Amen. Many people think that humility is to be dignified. Stoic. Oh, me and Patrick. Domine. Sincere humility is an abandonment of yourself. Worship is sincere humility. Worship is undignified in its very essence. And it is an abandonment of one's dignity. I got a song for you here in a minute about abandoning yourself. Dance and sing like David did. We're going to put some things into this demonstration of spirit and power. You're going to get free this, this, this day. Just listen to me, everybody. You're going to get free from the fear of man, from your addictions, from your fears, and from the pride of life. Come on. The lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh. And you're going to get free by setting yourself free with a demonstration of spirit and power. And David knew how to do this. And you're going to shake yourself free, old old daughters of Zion, from the dust by coming into a demonstration of doing something that you're not comfortable with. Tell your neighbor to sit back down. Don't be leaving right now. 
Oh, no, I ain't do, be doing nothing. No, I ain't. Oh, no, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Once the Cowboys, no, the Cowboys can't play no more. Amen. Did you hear about that? Uh, oh, y'all the Texans, ain't you? You don't care about no Cowboys, do you? Y'all the Texans. Y'all almost did it. Amen. You know, they had a, they were, they were having a child dispute over who the child was going to, the mom and dad. You want to go to your mom's? No, she beats me. You want to go to your dad's? No, she beats me too. Well, where do you want to go? I want to go to the Cowboys. They don't beat nobody. Amen. I told this in Dallas and nobody laughed. It's not that I don't like the cowgirls. I mean cowboys, but. You know, I like to I go overseas and, and I tell them, you know, the very thing that we come to church in is the very thing that keeps us from intimacy with God. We buy the, the nice clothes to impress one another with. But, you know, the $700 suit, which I don't have one, by the way, doesn't want to get down on the floor and prostrate itself before the Lord and ruin $700 suit. But the very things that keep us from the indignity of worship is what keeps us from intimacy with God. Well, what people think? I remember one brother. He, he, was, he was overly worshipful. Overly. That's a strange man, and he's in my church. Why do the strange ones come to my church, you know? So when, we, when we're going to worship, the guy don't do it halfway. He's one of them guys that just does it all the way, you know what I mean? And I had made the mistake of, of preaching about David and how that he didn't do things. If you're going to do things halfway, just sit down. If you're going to dance, dance with all your might. And if you're going to preach or sing or worship, do it with all your might. So he was extravagant. Ah! Ah! He's worshiping. And I started noticing, this is back in the years, this weirdo, this, this, this demonstrative weirdo, people were getting healed. He ain't even nobody in the church. He's just a member. I mean, isn't the Lord supposed to honor his men of God, elders and all? We lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And he's not even one of the elders. And he's people are are getting healed. They're coming up, Pastor. So-and-so laid hands on me. I was like, what? And you're healed? Oh, my goodness. We've been praying for a long time for that. Praise the Lord. (laughs) This man, this weirdo, things happened. He was demonstrative. So I started getting weird, too. It worked. God honors those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Come on. Stop worrying about what people think. When you worship, begin to worship him with all your might. You know, I knew I had to preach. I knew I was going to wear myself out before I even got up here, and I did. I'm so tired. I did it anyway because the worship took me to a place. My strength is in the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. My strength comes from him, amen. Don't care what I look like. I know I'm a mess, amen. I'm all sweaty. You look so good, brother, sitting there, amen. 
got that perfect hairdo. Amen? Wow. Your turn's coming. Amen. Don't worry about what people think. Amen? Tiffany, stop worrying about what people think, okay? Just do it unto the Lord and, and serve with gladness. Amen? So here's David. He does two things that is not good in his society and not good in ours. The first thing David does when the presence of God is returned is that he takes off his clothes. No, he's not naked, as some of these dumb preachers preach. Come on. He takes off the kingly stuff, the, the gold and all the refinery, and he's in his ephod. That's some nice underclothes that is modest. Amen. And the second thing he does is that he begins to dance. This is not what kings do. Kings do not become undignified, and they do not dance. Others dance for them. They don't dance for nobody. Indignity. I remember when I was tested in this. I was in Romania. We have a Bible school that I built. We built, not me, just ministry. Uh, about six stories. I don't know. I think they have about 150 students. Uh, I would go around the city and just pray, you know, and walk and. And these big cathedrals are about 2,000 years old. So one day, you know, the, the, uh, the, the Romanians are, are very religious. Pastor, you don't go in there. It's very demonic and uh, you, 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 a Christian should not go in there. I always feel drawn to the darkness because I know the darkness needs the light. So I felt the Lord say, bring my presence into a dark place. So I go into this scary, scary. I mean, this cathedral is like... Up, up into the heavens. It's, it is tall and it is scary. The first thing I encounter is a big eyeball painted on the ceiling staring at me, asking me, white boy, what are you doing here? So I stared back at it and proceeded forward. It was a long church all the way to the front. There's idols everywhere and there's people. Now, charismatics, you need to take a lesson. All these people are on their knees praying. They got their candles, they got their stuff, their incense, all their weirdness stuff. And I get to the front, and I don't, you know, we don't draw attention to ourselves, right? Right, Pastor Vicky. And so I thought, well, I have done my thing. I just turned my back on the idols and just lifted my hands to the Lord, and I've just begun to worship Him, you know. And then I thought to myself, my, 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 I have brought the light into the darkness. Ain't I a wonderful man of God? Amen. I have done my thing. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So I'm about to leave, and I hear the Holy Spirit. Wait a minute. I would really enjoy it if you would dance before me. I said, devil? What are you talking about? And I got with the religious. You know, this is a demonic place. This is a place of darkness. I shouldn't dance before the Lord in front of these idols and these people that are just darkness. You know, I would really enjoy you dancing like you do in church. I'm like, okay, if this is a test, I'm going to obey. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to draw attention to myself, so I'm going to do the two-step. 
and all the people, they're still, they're not distracted. They're doing their little, and so I did that, and I'm about to go because I have obeyed the Lord, and I am the man of God, and once again, I have done it. And then I hear the Holy Spirit, oh, man, you know, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. I would really like it if you would dance like you do with your grandsons in church. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, when my grandsons and I got together, we, we, we got down. I mean, the body was going everywhere. Yeah. And they do this kind of thing like this. I don't know. I don't know how they do that. But all the people seem to rejoice in it, you know. So I'm like, I am not going to do that. And I sense the Holy Spirit really disappointed, you know. Well, okay. And I thought, I'm not going to disappoint my God. So I thought, okay, I'm going to run out of here dancing. So I I didn't do the two-step. I did the halal. So I'm doing this, you know. Getting my way. Man, that was a long church. Long way. When I started dancing like that, all the people were like. So I'm like, not time to exit. So I'm going my way, and in the doorway, in my exit is one of the biggest Romanians I ever saw. He's dressed in leather. He got shades on, and he's staring a hole right through me. I'm like, oh, God, help me. Okay, he's gonna he fixing to throw me to the ground. So I'm nervously dancing, lifting my hand up, and I I don't know what to say. And as I get close to him, I look at him. He's staring at me. Got his hands crossed like this, and I says, "God told me to do this." And I didn't even expect Romanians don't speak English, so I didn't expect them to understand it. And he goes, he looks at me and he says, "That's cool, man." And he smiled. So I'm like, oh, cool. So this big, looked like he just got finished working out, you know, Romania. You know, I passed by, smiled at him. And then I decided to turn around and have a little talk with who, find out who this guy was. He was gone. Where'd he go? Nowhere for him to go. I looked behind the door. <laughs> the man's gone. And I thought, God set me up. I was put to the test. Boy, I'm glad I didn't go with my feelings on this one. Boy, I'm glad I didn't go with my feelings on this one. Hello, somebody. What is it that keeps your mantle of dignity on you? What is it that keeps you from crossing that river into his arms? Are you worried about what people think? Are you so full of pride that you're more concerned about man than God? God wants sincere humility from his worshipers. He wants you to remove, to, dim, to, to, to tear it off, throw it away, renounce it. Whether it's a, an addiction, a love of, of a sin, a pride. He wants you to throw it to the ground and dance on it. 
throw it to the ground and dance on it. I'm going to tell you, some people can get healed today physically if you'll make a demonstration. Paul said, I didn't come with eloquence of speech. I didn't come with a pretty song. I came in demonstration of the spirit and power. What good is a teacher if he can't show what he's teaching? What good is a sermon if you can't act on it and respond to the Holy Spirit? Come on, somebody. That's right. God's going to, you know, President Lincoln was very vexed over the war. Brother against brother set up. He was set up in the corner in the dark at the cathedral there in D.C. I'm not sure which one it was. And his aide would be with him. And when the sermon was over, the aide looked at him and said, Did you like the sermon, President Lincoln? He said, No, I didn't like it. And the aide was surprised. He said, You didn't like the sermon? No, said President Lincoln, I didn't like it. Well, why, why did you not like it? Because the man didn't ask anything of us. I've taught thousands of young people homiletics how to preach. The most important part of the sermon is the end. What are you going to do with what God said? The demonstration of spirit and power. What you do to overcome, you do it by the Spirit of God. It's things that make you uncomfortable. It's things that you don't want to do. Come on, somebody. I don't know how many times he's asked me to go over. I don't know what I'm going to say to somebody. If I plan it, it's not God. If I plan what I'm going to say to somebody, it's not God. Are you hearing me? But I just open my mouth, look at somebody, and zero in. And he's going to give you something. I don't know how many times... The Lord knows you by, you know, I've gone to somebody in the mall, and I don't know who they are, but I know that they need Jesus. I just take them by the hand. I said, he's calling you by name. Sometimes he gives me their names. I just blurt it out because I'm afraid of being wrong. <laughs> I have missed it, but I have zero, but I've been sharp too because the Holy Spirit is sharp. God is about people. God is about you. If you're not about people, you should be in ministry. Amen. So, Brother Victor, I'm not in ministry. Yes, you are. Every one of you called. Amen. You're determined to the capacity he's using you right now. You're determined in it. You're as close to him as you want to be right now. That's the most horrible thing I've ever heard somebody say to me. You're as close to God as you want to be. Well, that's troubling, isn't it? Right now, you are as close to God as you want to be. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. What a wonderful invitation. Come on, somebody say amen. If you're going to be a worshipful, worshipful. If you're going to be a worshiper, let me get some water. Expect to be ridiculed and rejected. Expect them to call you weird. He's, David's the king, and his own wife is like, I despise you. And she says to him, you took off your kingly robe, and you're just dancing for the girls. You're perverted. 
And David was, was, was offended. He was hurt by it. He said, no, it was before the Lord. He said, he responds this way. He says, it was before the Lord, and I will be even more dignified and humble myself even more the next time, he says. We must humble ourselves before the Lord. I got to kicking my legs over here like a cow led from the stall and thought to myself, don't be overly. You're in a church. This is not, you know, you don't normally worship with these people. And I said to myself, you need to just, you know, draw back and get, get, get you know, be more moderate like everybody. And don't get sweaty and don't get yourself all messed up. And boy, I just thought, no, don't listen to Victor. Put yourself in there to so get the victory right now. And I kicked and I just did whatever I could to overcome Victor. Are you listening? She did not perceive the man's intimacy with God. I want to just say something. Most people are uncomfortable with intimacy. Some of you have been hurt over and over again. How are you going to overcome this need, this need that you have for men's approval? You're going to have to shake yourself. You're going to have to get up before the presence of God and show him he's all that you need. Some of you have had husbands that have left you because they're caught in the addiction of lust. And you've been forced to come to a place that he's all you need, Jesus. Hang on for dear life and it's going to be a good ride because he's going to add to you and he's going to bless you if you'll do it. Can you say amen? Honey, come on up here. I want us to stand. What is it that has you bound this morning? I want to do something right now before we do a demonstration of freedom in this place. Go ahead. Come on up. I'm going to do a song unique minor. You're welcome to join it, and then you take it. Okay. I want them drums. Is the drummer coming? I need the drummer. There he is. Everybody look at the drummer. He's running late. He's not on time. He was keeping time, though. I saw it. He's fixing to take the, the forefront right now. He's going he's gonna to beat out a war dance for us. And uh, make sure the music's in there for him so he can join me. Amen? But right now, let's do something. Father, I break off the fear of man off of everyone here. I break it off in Jesus' name. I break it off. That which wants to please man before, instead of pleasing God. I break that spirit off of you right now in Jesus' name. And I take authority over addictions, over lust, over the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh. And I take authority over the pride of life right now. Why am I holding Have I been holding this the whole time?
I just got free. Father, I take authority over the fear of man. The pride of life. I command it to go. But listen, we got to humble ourselves in here. Come on. A lot of us, if you want to see God move, you say, I don't hear God. I don't hear God. That's because the flesh is loud. Your ears are covered. Your ears are covered. Say, Lord, take it from me right now. Come on. May your blood, I set you free. I set you free right now by the blood of Jesus. May the blood of Jesus sever every cord that binds you right now. In Jesus' name. Some of you need healing. Your demonstration is going to cause the pleasure of the Lord to come upon you and heal you right now. You're going to step out in a demonstration. And we're going to dance like David did. With abandonment. Some of you used to dance in the bars and you don't dance for Jesus. Shame on you. Just change your moves a little bit. Amen. Change your moves a little bit. Make them holy. Amen. But you should be dancing before the Lord every day. Amen. Now, you're going to need some room. Look at your neighbor and say, give me a little room. Now you say, I know some of you are like, well, you don't understand, Pastor, I'm shy. God's called every one of us to demonstrate his glory in your body and in this earth. Come on. I hear somebody saying, I'm too old to dance. You telling me you're too old to do this with your ears? Come on. Or move something. Move for Jesus. Amen. God gave me a song that goes with this word. Go ahead and play it. Turn it up. And I want you to join us in a, in a dance of freedom and expression. I want to sing like David said. I want to dance like David said. If you want to dance, come on up here. Come on up. Turn it up. I don't hear it up here. Take it off. Take it off, whatever it is. It binds you. Come on. I want to sing like David sang. I want to dance like David danced. I want to sing like David sang. I want to dance like David danced. With the band.
Somebody say amen. Jesus is Lord. Come on. Now some of you say, well, I, didn't, I just don't get it. Well, that's because you didn't do nothing. So I'm too old for this. You are never too old to move for Jesus. Amen. I think we're going to do some jambalai. Some babaloo. Some baba yaya. We're not done yet. Some of you didn't jump in. You were scared the water was too cold. And so now you're jealous because everybody went swimming but you. Amen? And so now you've got a chance to get your victory dance on. So we're going to give you another chance. Take it, Amy.
in this place. Amen? Because the walls are going to be broken. And hell is just writhing because we have the victory in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So we're going to do it some more. Yeah? among us we can't even know it we can't tell because the Holy Spirit is with us right now I know God is pleased and when God is pleased he reaches out he heals he satisfies you will leave this place today with the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And He is the Comforter. And He is with us. Amen. Great sermon. Please be seated. We have a, an obligation from our God. What He's told us to do. And we want to do it well. I, every time we have a guest speaker, I come prepared. Not for the guest speaker alone, but because of what God has said. I have to obey Him. The scripture tells us in Galatians chapter 6, verse 6, it says, Let him who is taught. How many received the word today? Great word. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things. With him who teaches. It's a commandment. I believe from God. And so I like to obey God's word. Not just for the preacher. 
but because of what God commands in his word. It says, then God says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. I don't want to mock God, okay? I want to do what he wants us, what he wants me to do. For whatever a man sows, basically when you give today, you're sowing to God's work. Amen? And you're blessing the man of God. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. That is given. That is established. So I came ready to give to the man of God today. We always put the word out that we're having a guest speaker. And I do that purposely. To let you know there's going to be a second giving. And I don't apologize for it. Because of what God says. We have to be obedient. Are we ready to give? Did you come ready? Would you lift your offering up to the Lord today? Father, we thank you. Your word is always good. And we've enjoyed the presence of your spirit here today. Thank you. Receive our offering. Bless your servant. Expand this ministry. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you as you give. Hold on to Jesus, 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 we hold on to Jesus, 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 hold on to Jesus. Hold on to Jesus. Thank you. Would you all please stand up? Let's give God a clap offering for what we heard today. It's wonderful. May the word of God stay with you. May the word of God multiply in your heart. May the word of God be fulfilled in your heart. May God give you grace, more grace to be obedient. Father, we thank you for being in your presence today. We're so grateful. Be with your people all through this week. Let their minds stay on you. All through this week. That's our request today. In Jesus name. And everybody said. Amen. Please greet one another before you leave. And uh, let. uh, Our brother. The Thompson. And our sister. Thompson. Be blessed.